in your Bibles tonight, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I've thought often of this passage of Scripture in light of news this past week, and I'm thankful for a number of things. Psalm 139 has got a beautiful passage and section where God looks literally into the womb of a mother and uh, lets us know that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, I rejoice for the uh, Supreme Court ruling. I'm not shy about that. I'm not going to be mean about it. Now, if you get nasty with people, you're not being a Christian. And we are to be uh, bold about what we believe, but never nasty and unkind. And uh, I'm very thankful for the ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade and uh, puts uh, abortion issue back into the control of the states. It actually has a chance to be debated again. And uh, I am uh, not for abortion. And I'm for the sanctity and the safety of the womb. And I know God uh, loves children. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, the Bible says, Lo, children are inherited of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. I like that little phrase. The fruit of the womb is his reward. And uh, there have been times where you think, uh, you, you meet folks and you think, I don't know, uh, it probably wouldn't be best for them to have children. But once you find out they're going to have children, you understand. And I tell people all the time, look, this is God's reward. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And then there are other circumstances where you just praise God that it, the Lord is blessed with another baby. And I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you, but I love babies. Every time God, uh, anytime God needs to, wants to do something great, you know what he does? He sends a baby. Uh, anytime God wants to do something great, he sends a baby. And so every time I know that there's a child on the way or a child's born into a church family or into a family, I just think, Lord, I know you want to do something great. It's wonderful. And at uh, any rate, Psalm 139, if you'll follow along, I want to read this chapter of Scripture to you. Uh, some very famous verses in this chapter, in this psalm. And as usual, David is battling with life. He's battling with enemies. He's battling with uh, concern and upset and problems, which sounds like life, right? And he just affirms how good God is and we can see some things that will be an encouragement to us tonight. Psalm 139, the Bible says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I want you to see in verse number 6. We'll start there and jump from there. But verse number 6. It's almost like he's overwhelmed. He's, he's just overwhelmed with what God's put on his heart. And he's thinking about all that he's thinking about. And he just says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. He's thinking about all he's thinking about God. He's like, wow, this is wonderful. This is great. And so I want to preach to you tonight this simple message. It's wonderful to know. It's wonderful. There's some things in this passage of Scripture that it is just wonderful to know. It's just wonderful to know, number one, that God knows me. It is wonderful to know. That God knows me. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. The first thing this passage says is God searches me and knows me. Now, I'll tell you, some people read verse number 1 and they can read it and there's a shriek of terror that floods their soul because God knows you. And others... Even those of us who battle with sin and faithfulness, we can rejoice in the fact that God knows us. He searched me and known me. He loves me in spite of me. That does not give me liberty to continue in sin. I should determine and I should ask the Lord to help me and give me victory over my flesh. The bottom line is God knows me. He searched me. He searched me and known me. He says, I'll give you some specifics about what God knows about me. Verse number 2, thou knowest my down-sitting. You know what God knows? God knows your leisure. How many of you, in the, toward the end of the day, you're pretty excited about finding yourself in your recliner? Amen. Or stretched out on your couch. Amen. And some of you are really excited about being there all day long. I can't always recommend that. But uh, the the truth in the scripture is that God knows our downside. He knows the times when we're relaxed, when we're just uh, being leisurely. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. He says, you know when I'm at it. You know I'm busy. You know if I'm busy about your business. You know if I'm busy not about your business. You know my downsitting. You know my uprising. 
Listen to this. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Have you ever have thoughts and you're thinking through things and you can't even begin to understand what all you're thinking about? How many of you ever have that? <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I'm always working on things in my heart and my mind. And a lot of the things I'm working on and the processes and the end results of what God has put in my mind, I don't understand. But you know what's awesome? God does. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. God is working. God knows me. I'm thankful. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Verse number three. Thou compassest my path. I like that word compassest. It's the exact same word as winnoweth. It's a, it's a word that it's just complete and covers it. God's got your path covered. Sometimes we look at the future and we think, oh man, God's got you covered. It's good to know that God knows me. Sometimes we look at our past and we think, oh no, God has you covered. You see, the future for God's people is as bright as his promises and his promises are rich. It's good to know, it's wonderful to know that God knows me. Thou compasses my path. My lying down. You ever worry about what happens while you sleep? Sometimes we can't rest because we're so afraid of what's going to happen while we sleep. We're afraid to close our eyes. We're we're afraid to rest because we're afraid. And God says, hey, listen. I know you're lying down. I'm with you. I know you. I know you're lying down and aren't acquainted, the Bible says, aren't acquainted with all thy ways. He knows everything about you. And yet he loves you. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. Verse 4, there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Now that's scary. He knows all your words. I'm thankful that he knows my word. I'm thankful that he knows... Those whispering complaints that I don't want anybody else to hear, but the things that are burdening my heart. He knows my words altogether. I'm also thankful that he knows when my words are out of line and in love he's willing to chastise me and correct me. It's good. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. Verse 5. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. I love this word beset. It's like a fort. It's a, it's a military word. It's like a fort. He says, he says I've built a, I am a fort in front of you and behind you. I've beset you behind and before. We're often fearful. The things we don't know that May come and get us. And David's in a situation. I don't know if this was a situation where he's dealing with Absalom. I don't know if it's a situation where he's dealing with Saul. I don't know if it's a situation where he's thinking about the Philistines. I don't know what exactly was going on in his mind at this time. But there was many times in David's life where he didn't really know what was going to happen. He didn't know if the enemy would come from the front or the rear or what to do or where to turn. He says, but I'll tell you something. I'm encouraged to know. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. And he is fortified me before and behind and in case I'm wondering which way to go the Bible says that he's laid his hand on me you see that verse 5 
Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. I used to do this with my kids. I do it less now because they're taller. But I remember some of you have little boys. I bet you've done this. You got your kids in the parking lot. We don't use those leashes. I never did do that. I think they're kind of cool. Except I got people got funny when you used a leash and had a collar around their necks. But uh, just kidding. But you know what I do? I have the kids in the parking lot. They're little. I'd get them right there around the back of the neck just a little bit. Put my, I'd lay my hand on them. Have you ever laid hands on your kids? I have. I'd lay my hand on them. But you know why I do that? I'd lay my hand on them because I can direct them. I could hurry them up. I could slow them down. I lay my hand on them. And there were times where the boys, like, but most of the time they just were thankful that dad was there. And our response to this verse should be, I'm thankful that dad is there. And I'm encouraged by that. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. And he is right there. He protects me in the front and the rear. and He lays his hand on me. And I don't want to be the kind of kid that resists him. When he goes, I want to. When he goes, I want to. When he goes forward, I want to go. When he says, whoa, I want to woe too. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. The Bible continues. In verse number 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I cannot attain unto it. Verse number 7, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? The two questions, where can I get away from God? Now this is a statement that will either make you really happy or make you really scared. It should make you really happy. As a child of God, where can I go to get away from God? Nowhere. You know that the, the Middle Eastern uh, Muslim mind, they believe that there are certain places, the men believe there are certain places that they can literally get away and hide from God. So they act godly in certain areas, in certain places, because they believe that that's a place that God can see. But they have these other places that they go, and they do the most base and awful and wicked things because they believe there God can't see them. That is a great error in theology, and it is in direct contradiction to Psalm 139. David says, where can I be that you're not with me? At this time, you know, he's dealing with a, a broken heart, and he's concerned about life. And he says, he says I, I'm so thankful to know that the answer to my question is there's nowhere I can be that you're not there. It's wonderful to know that God knows me. Where can I go that you're not there, Lord? Where can I flee from your presence Verse 8, he says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. He says, if I'm in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. God is present. Verse 9, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. He says, if I went where the sun shines on the sea. Can you imagine all the places that the sun shone today? Can you imagine? It's a... It's, Quite an amazing thought. I know for a fact that it was shining in Athens, Tennessee just a little while ago. I was there. As I went through Knoxville, Tennessee, it was shining there. And everywhere I went along my way, it was there too. It was in Chilhowie and Seven Mile Ford and 
And that's just a little tiny scratch on the surface where the sun's been. He says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, guess what? The sun shined there today. Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, verse number 11, surely the darkness shall cover me. He says, anywhere the light is, God is there. Then he says, I can hide, and maybe if it's not that he's trying to hide, but he says, he says, maybe I'm in a deep, dark cave where it's dark. Surely the darkness shall cover me. Even He says, even the night shall be light about me. He says, I could be in a deep, dark mine. People who've been spent time in mines, they describe the darkness. He says, even there, the night, the darkness, it'll be light about me. Yea, verse number 12, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Bottom line, 1 through 12, it's wonderful to know that God knows me. He knows all about me. He knows where I am, and he's with me. Hey, it's wonderful to know that God knows me. Number two, it's wonderful to know that God made me. It's wonderful to know that God made me. Look what the Bible says in verse 13. Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. We know what a rein is, right? A horse has a rein. And to the best of my ability, I believe that that's a connection. It's something, it's a guiding tool. Thou hast possessed my reins. If you'll let God, he'll direct you. I love that. Thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. When did God begin to know me? Not when I was born. And literally, not even while I was in the womb, but before I was conceived, God knew me. But thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who does that exclude? Now, some folks could look at this and say, David, sure, he was a king. He was fearfully and wonderfully made, but look at me. That's not true. You also were fearfully and wonderfully made. Every person's ever breathed there, all of God's creatures, human people, creatures, God's creation, all of God's people, fearfully and wonderfully made. God's a purpose for your life. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul doth right well. Verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. God knew me. God knew my substance. He made me. I was made in secret. I was curiously God knew me before I was, long before I was born. God made me. Verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. Now, I want you to see this. Now, you've seen lots of pictures this week of fetus. I use that word properly. Babies in the womb. When their parts are not yet completely formed, but they're there. He says, God saw me. He saw my substance yet being unperfect. And in, all, in, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. God made me. God made me. 
Verse number 17, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. God's thinking about us. Have you ever had somebody just send you a message? Hey, I just want you to know, I'm thinking about you today. I'm praying for you. Think about you. I'm praying for you. It's, it's nice to know that someone's thinking about you, isn't it? Someone cares enough to give you some consideration. Here's what the Bible says about God. It's wonderful to know that God made me and he thinks of me. Not only does he think of me, but his thoughts of me are precious. Have you ever anybody look at you and say, you're precious? Sarcastically. <laughs> you're precious. The truth is, God looks at you and he says, you're precious. You're precious to him. You, you're precious. You're, you're a treasure to God. I, I love to think about this. Because the world wants us to think that God has treated us unjustly somehow because certain characteristics or abilities or resource levels. The bottom line is you're precious. You're precious. God made you. You're precious. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. Verse 18, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, I'm still with thee. Look, I just want you to know something. It's wonderful to know that God made me. God made me. Don't ever discredit the fact that God has a beautiful plan for your life or the life of anybody you see. If you're tempted to be unkind to somebody because of the way they look, the way they act, because of their wickedness, listen, God made them. We need to pray. We need to pray for folks. We need to be loving on people. We need to be witnessing and giving the gospel to folks that we don't need the Lord. It's good to know. It's wonderful to know that God made me. Finally, it's wonderful to know that God will lead me. It's wonderful to know that God will lead me. Look at verse 19. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And am not I agreed with those that rise up against thee. He says, I, I'm aggravated with, my, with the enemies and the enemies of God. He says, I, I'm, I'm aggravated, but you know about it, Lord. You know. And that's okay. And I'm trusting you. And he continues in verse number 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now David just comes back and circles back around and acknowledges the fact that he's got burdens to bear. But he's encouraged to know, and it's wonderful to know, that God will lead him. He acknowledges that God has searched him, that God has tried him, that God knows him. And he says, in light of that fact, I'm asking you, Lord, to search me. I'm asking you to lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. God will lead me. Hey, it's wonderful to know that God will lead me. What are you facing that's uncertain? I'm sure there's lots of us with lots of things dealing with uncertainty. God said, if you'll let me, 
I'll lead you. I love this contrast. Look at the beginning, verse number one. The Bible says, O Lord, thou search me and know me. Now, David states the fact that this has already happened. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. And in verse 23, the tone changes a little bit. It goes from the statement of the obvious to this tone of submission and surrender and a seeking. He says, search me, O God. First time I crossed those verses up, I was like, well, why in the world would he say that again? He says it again because the tone is important. Let me tell you something. God knows you. God made you. There it is. It's a fact. God knows you. God made you. That's true of all of us. That's true of every person that's ever lived. God knows you and God made you. Who has God not made? Has his greatest critic, the most outspoken atheist, wicked person, is that person an exception? No, God knows him and God made him. But David reveals something that's very important for all of us to acknowledge. We've got to get to the place where we say, ha, Lord, I know that you know me and you made me. But I invite you to do whatever you want to with me. And so David goes from stating the fact You've searched me and known me. To inviting God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. What did he want? He said, in light of all you know about me, and in light of the wonderful truth that you know me and you've made me, he said, I ask you to lead me. You know, you don't have to be led by God. It's kind of a sad thing, isn't it? You don't have to be led by God. You are free. Choose your own way. But I'll just tell you something. It'd be awful foolish to have access to creator God of the universe who loves you and has designed a perfect plan for your life. It'd be terribly foolish to not invite him to have his way. David says, you know what? It's wonderful to know that God leads me. He says, Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. I love it. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. And uh, I'll just tell you, David would testify tonight. He's glad for every time he let the Lord lead him in the way everlasting. He regrets all the times he didn't. And he wants to remind us tonight, oh, it's wonderful to know that God leads me. God leads me. We've had a number of transitions in our lives, Ruth and I, and before I married Ruth even. As a Christian, I've seen many transitions. And you often look at transitions. I'm not in a transition now. I feel like it's great. Just stay the course. We've seen transitions and you often wonder, oh my, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to miss God's will. I don't want to. And you, you're fearful. It's easy to get fearful. 
when life is kind of turning and changing. And it's always changing to a certain extent. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up. One of the great things that's encouraged me is just to rest in the fact that God treats me like his child. And he'll make sure, if I want his will, he'll make sure that I'm led. I'm comforted the fact that he leads me. He'll help us. He'll guide us. He'll lead us. It's just wonderful to know, isn't it? God loves me. It's just wonderful to know. God knows me. God made me. God will lead me.